0: Welcome to Education Lanes, education, 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 is banned, you're a Welcome to all of you out there, I appreciate you being here with me today on another fabulous episode of Education Lanes, where we help you find another lane, another way, another avenue to be an advocate for your child in this crazy thing we call education. I have a special guest for you today. I will have her introduce herself in a moment, but she's going to knock your socks off. Um, and I'll give it just a little intro on her. Imagine coming to a country where you're looking for resources for your child, some way, somehow to be able to get them into a program. But not only that, your child has special needs. Well, my wonderful guest today is going to be able to tell you just what she did. Introduce yourself to the people
1: Wow, thank you so much, Target, for that introduction. My name is Jessica Carlo, and I'm a radio host and social media marketer in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: Awesome, awesome. Jessica, you have been a friend of mine. You are a superstar. You are doing your thing. I'm so <laughs> proud of you with all the strides I see that you're taking. Thank you. you have a child that that what? Tell us, what are you doing with your child in education? What's going on?
1: Well, I have, I'm a mother of three, but I have one of my children goes to a special school. She has special needs and she is currently going to FSDB, better known as Florida School for the Deaf and Blind in St. Augustine, Florida. And it's a marvelous school. It's full of resources and um, I'm just kind of, you know, I, I was glad that you invited me to talk on your show today because it's. I think there's a lot of things that we don't discuss enough, and we go by social media, but we don't go out reaching for more information.
0: Absolutely. And then
1: today I have a couple of resources to share with our community. Okay. Well, we
0: will get to the resources. I want to talk more about mm-hmm. as far as what, how did you find yourself in this school? How did you find your school? What was the reasoning behind? I mean, you... right.
1: No. Right. So, so of course, I had a daughter with special needs. I did not know how to address them. So I went, um, I was living in Puerto Rico at the time, looking for better services, health care, and education. That brought me to Florida. And so in Florida, I saw that this school specialized in different things. My daughter was born with a very rare condition that was... Uh, not not a common, you know, um, syndrome that they knew about. So basically here, I made contact with other people that helped me out to, you know, getting her all the needs that she, I mean, to meet her needs, correct? Right. So, but, you know, my experience from having a special needs child, it's very frustrating when you come to a different country and you can't understand the language. Or maybe the terminology is very difficult for you to understand. And so sometimes people that don't dare to ask people that, um, you know, maybe they're... Different yeah. Or maybe they're overwhelmed because a new diagnosis, or maybe they're just lost in shock trying to process, you know, something new, something different that you knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And as adults, sometimes we think we know it all until we're presented with uh, things that we need to improvise, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, And so my experience from being a special needs mom is basically, you know, the key in their success is trying to match their needs with, you know, our education system, which offers a variety of programs that better suit, you know, each child.
0: So what would you say as far as when you first were in the search of a program or something for her when she, you know, became school age, did you wait until it was kindergarten or was it something where you, no. as early as preschool or where did you start kind of getting her? Well,
1: in actually, when my daughter was born, two weeks later, I found out that, you know, she had profound hearing loss. And that was, like, set a whole lot of different events, you know. Um, first of all, I needed to understand what was going on, what was the syndrome, address, you know, any other dangers or concerns that she may have physically. In, in my case, my daughter's case, um, it affected her hearing. So she um, depends on ASL, which is commonly known as American Sign Language. And so I had to look for a special school that would address that. So I tried a couple of, you know, pilot programs in the community that I was told about. First of all, I started by meeting with a person. She, you know, had a nonprofit organization and this nonprofit would actually teach hearing parents, ASL, and able to communicate with their deaf children. Because 90% of the deaf children are born to hearing parents. So you ask me, where do I start? I started by having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I started <laughs> that's by that's that's my, that's my eyes out and putting myself together and going out there. And what do I need to do next? And...
0: Jessica, I want to speak to that because again, when we're all going through our different journeys with education, it's absolutely okay to have that breakdown. You know, I I laugh Mm -hmm. because we all have those moments where we're like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I can't, and it's not the end. It's just a moment. It's something that will pass and, you know, then we just keep pick ourselves up because we have to keep going because nobody else will for us.
1: Yes. I mean, fear will actually paralyze you and the unknown, the not knowing, the not asking the questions. But once you find a person, you know, that I've always been all for having support and, um, you know, having support meetings with parents that have special needs children, because we share different experiences and share different knowledge about maybe new health care reforms or maybe new coverages and, and stuff that, you know, we may not know by Googling or joining social media. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So right, right.
1: It's, it's very difficult to come to this country, and not know the language, and it's more difficult to come and learn a third language. But It's the need. At first, I asked myself, How am I going to learn a third language? I'm still struggling with a second one, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, I put all those barriers, you know, in front of me. And as soon as I started learning five different words a week, I would just, you know, practice all those five words a week. And then I would add more. And, it's been fifteen years, amazing fifteen years of just learning, and now I'm able to communicate with the deaf community, not only with my daughter. However, I can, you know, um, you know, inspire other people that they can do this. It's not that difficult. You're you're just scared to proceed, but once you open that door to the unknown. Is going to be better for you. You got
0: it. You got it. Absolutely. So let me say this: What did you start any programs? You start anything once you you kind of found out that this is the lane. (laughs) This is the Mm -hmm. lane that you were you were on. What did you do to kind of open your horizon within yourself and to to other people as to just looking for what was out there for you?
1: Yes, amazing question. You know what? Um, At first, I came across this. agency, nonprofit agency. Like I said, they teach deaf parents communicate with their children. They do a lot of social activities and social events where all the deaf people would come out uh, or or the deaf community, I should say, would come out and and be very patient, very understanding of of where we come from, how scared we are, Um, learning another language or understanding your child's need. How do I know she's tired? She... You know what I mean? Right. And right. so um, then we started pushing. We did like a Comtee <laughs> parents that were very, very upset because there was no early childhood education for the deaf. And so we did just about everything. We, we, we went to city councils and we finally got somebody to hear us out. And that was um, United Way. They provided the funds for a pilot program and kids 18 months old started to be exposed to ASL. It was a a mix of, it was mainstream hearing children with deaf children. We did want them to socialize, you know, and get to know each other Mm -hmm. And, and let hearing world know that the deaf world exists, you know. And it was a pilot program that lasted for about two years, more or less. It was great and my daughter was always exposed to language and that gave her a way to, you know, enjoying now what she has at FSDB.
0: Now something that you said, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm gonna bring up something you said to me that I found fascinating. I mean, I I guess maybe I took it for granted, but um, I wanna share it with our audience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you told me one time uh, that I should pursue going to the school to go speak to the kids, and I was thinking, well, you know, how am I going to communicate? I don't know sign language, or I'm not sure how would I. Co- and you just told me some the kid. What the message that you're bringing, Targan, is the same thing they want to hear. They'll just have somebody on the side that'll interpret interpret it to the. Mm-hmm. To the- so don't think that you have to be, you know, someone that knows sign language to be able to go into the deaf community. Can you speak on mm-hmm. that? I was just like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right, you know? So.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, it's amazing to see how the hearing world wants to mix up with the deaf world. In FSDB, it's an amazing community, you know, because they have different background, cultural backgrounds. I mean, they come from everywhere. Um, just about everywhere, like any, anywhere in the United States, Europe, Asia, we have a different diversity. You know, it's, it's a big diversity is what I mean. Right. And so basically, we do not want, you know, to, to keep them away from that information that helps them. I mean, this is information the hearing world is accessing We want that for our deaf community. We want them to access the same. It's just about equal opportunities. So basically the only barrier would be, you know, a communication barrier, but there's an interpreter there at all times that, you know, facilitate communication, they get to ask their questions and you might be surprised by how deep most of the deaf community, you know, engage in in conversations. I mean, I think society has kind of put a label on them and that label needs to, you know, be gone.
0: Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So, what are you passionate about going forward for parents to know about if they're seeking out these resources or um, or opportunities for their children? Like, where should they start? What can you say in your journey? Where can you say they should kind of start as a foundation for them to, to mm-hmm. move forward?
1: Well, the first thing is, you know, sit down, be on the computer looking for, you know parent support groups or, you know, all these support entities, nonprofit organizations. There are also um, churches. A lot of churches are also facilitating information. You know, um, a lot of people come here and they feel different. They don't, they, they kind of withdraw. They don't want to try new things. And mm-hmm. I think that keeps them from going further and knowing more about the resources in the community and, you know, special websites out there, especially each city. I know for a fact here in Florida, each city has their website and you can log on there, you know, special needs or, you know, Florida Department of Education and type in whatever diagnosis you think you've received or or you have definitely received. And you're going to see that there's, um, you know, support group schools, um, all these type of treatments as well. You know, so I would say start by doing your homework and knowing what you're doing, going out there, meeting people that can help you, give you that um, extra emotional support. Because we, we, parents of special needs children, we need the support we can. You know what I mean? Right. So... So I would start by that and definitely the department of education, I mean, I know it's different in every single state, but there's also more and more I, I hear you're in Tampa now. Tampa has a great deaf school as well. It's it's unlike FSDB, it's um three different schools. So it goes by elementary, middle school and high school, mm-hmm. whereas in FSDB you have the whole thing together from pre-K to Twelfth grade, they have independent living programs, which is amazing. And um, FSDB is a school that Ray Charles went to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So does the the school have... I, is it a, can it be a boarding school? Like, can you send your child there or is it like the normal yes. day school where they go home and it, uh, what's, can you speak to that dynamic of the school setup? Yes.
1: It's actually both is the boarding school and a day school. So, um, it goes at certain radius around the school. Those kids have the transportation, so they get to be day students. But if we have other children, like different cities in Florida, I know for a fact we do have also students from um, Georgia, South Georgia, St. Mary's, and that area right there that um, they send the, the kids. So they do have transportation. Um, they also have private fundings. They have an amazing recreational program where they can learn how to fish, do canoeing. Um, they, they just learn about, you know, independent living and life skills. So I did my research and I thought that that would be the best fit for her only because she doesn't benefit from any hearing aid or any, you know, device that can help her facilitate the communication. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Miami has like oral programs. And what that means is for those children that are hard of hearing that do have residual hearing and and develop speech, then they're exposed to half sign language and half spoken language so that they're able, you know, to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. So again, there's just so many different layers of how the child can be helped along in their journey. Um, so now let's talk about the future. What do you see as far as the future? Uh, once they finish high school, are there colleges that you've been researching or what's that next level mm-hmm. of where they would go from there?
1: Yes, yes. That's an interesting question. Yes. In St. Augustine, there's the Flagler College and they are mostly known for, you know teachers graduate there deaf teachers graduate from there and so the school FSDB has had the honor for more than a hundred years having deaf, deaf teachers teach deaf children you know what I mean Wow wow so so they graduate. Some of them stay for the independent living program, like I said. Mm-hmm. Some, they just graduate. They're ready to go. Like I said, there's a difference between being hard of hearing where you can just wear a device and that improves your hearing. You're able to speak. And and it's different from being profoundly deaf where you have to have an interpreter that follows you to each and every class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um That's difficult. However, it's been done and that Flagler College has been graduating excellent teachers for almost a century because that school is very old, right? Right, right. So there's another program at UNF. UNF is teaching, hearing teachers, giving them the um, resources they need to teach at FSDB. So these are students that just enjoy sign language when they were taking foreign language in high school. And they are like, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to be an interpreter. And they go to E1F program, which is great. It's um, led by Miss Guardino. And she's amazing. (laughs) She has several PhDs. And also there's FSCJ. FSCJ also has a program and is The college that provide interpreters um, for different events, activities, sometimes for doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So, yes, I would say if you have a deaf or hard of hearing child, um, there's plenty of resources here.
0: So you're in the right area. You came, you really researched and came to the right town then, huh?
1: Yes, actually, yes. I relocated from Puerto Rico. To Miami, that's where she got all the treatment, surgeries, ta-da-da. And then I said to my husband, we need to relocate again. He was about to die. <laughs> and I said, we need this because I'm not going to put her in a bus for more than six hours. You know, back and forth, she was only four years four years old at the time that we made the decision. But it is known that for a child to be exposed to language... You have to intervene before the age of five because their brain waves are just picking up. You know, it's receptive to all this language, you know? And there's a difference between getting it's what's called early detection that helps you kind of pave the way to what you want to do. Um, I have had experience of mothers that um, are in denial and they don't really start getting services or resources or anything done until past five years old by then you know the child is misunderstood the behavior changes so there's so much that comes with not being engaging in 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 early intervention
0: right right well i'm going to end you with this i always ask and what has been your biggest triumph? Like, what have you just been like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, you know, going through this school, this program or finding this resource. And then what has been the thing that's just like, oh oh my gosh, if I didn't have to see that, deal with that, do that, talk to that, I would be happy. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, uh, the, the greatest triumph would be, you know, giving my daughter the opportunity for her to, you know, it, she's growing up independent she is not growing up with that feeling of of pity that sometimes we get from society you know I, i've had people come to me and say like oh my god did you really have to learn all that sign language just for her and you, you, sometimes you just don't have the answer <laughs> okay. oh my god for, for the people however it's been amazing to me to see her grow in that community and do so well. Now, um, you know, she's doing all these type of joining clubs, like um, she's at the soccer team, she's doing the volleyball team. I mean, they even have cheerleading. It sounds, but you just gotta be there to see. It's it's an amazing thing to have take taken all these risks. But at the end, look, she just graduated from her junior prom. She's moving into high school and just four more years of school. And this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry on me now. Don't cry on me. <laughs> <laughs> and what was, you know, the, the thing that set me, you know, or, or put me down, if I, if you will, Was understanding the IEP process is something that if you have a special needs child, you will have an IEP, you know, and um, it's very difficult to understand, but all I can say is, you know, take your time to understand the process, understand, you know, the the goals that you're actually setting your child for, you know? Right, and And I think that's
0: where that's where really having that support system, because other parents who have maybe gone through it can help you Mm kind of navigate it better and you're not on your own trying to figure it out.
1: That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, they also have um, um, the opportunity to have an interpreter, whether it's Spanish, English. I mean, I've seen it all. We just got a, a family from Germany and we had two different interpreters. One interpreter was you know, signing Germany signs and then she would interpret it. And it it was something that you just have to be there to, to see. I mean, communication is no longer a barrier. Right. It's just trying, it's like, imagine yourself going to another country and they don't speak your language and you know, maybe Thailand is, is just like that. You'll either have to learn or go by with the little, you know, right. (laughs) Right, yeah, um, that's true, that's true. yeah, but like, like I said, uh, I think Florida has great schools. Um, I know that there are others that are not that great, but then again, do your research, go to you know the city webpage and just reach out, reach out. Nothing is going to fall from the sky. It's going to, you know be like, "Hey, I thought you might need this, you know right.
0: Right, we have to be our t- our children's best advocate because nobody's going to care as much as we do. That's right. Well, I thank you so much, Miss Jessica. I told yes, you, ma'am. That- it's gonna be awesome. I told you guys. I, I told you. That's all I'm gonna say. I told you. So I appreciate you so much. Um, you have been a dear friend mm-hmm. of mine, and um, like I said, I wanted people to hear, uh, you know, your story, so you can lend your expertise, yes. your knowledge in this topic, this area. I hope the children. Oh, i not even. I hope. I know the children will continue to do well and thrive. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I thank you for taking the time to be with me today to to speak on mm-hmm. education lanes.
1: Yes ma'am it's always a pleasure and you know to all those parents listening out there you reach out I'm on my web page you're, you're going to see me if you're in um target's page so <laughs> um reach out help your child. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that every day I get people that say to me, Oh, I came here so lost and now I feel much better because like Mm -hmm. I said, the unknown will get you places (laughs) in your head that you don't want to be. So get up, dress up, be out there, be asking questions. There's no wrong question. So I thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You have been listening to another fabulous episode of Education Lanes. Again, we have to be our children's biggest advocate because um, we're the ones who have to be out on the the, the street, out there on the lanes, on the roads. And if you're not happy with the lane that you're in, put that blinker on, get in a different lane, see if you like the new one. If not, switch back. It's all good. That's right. It's all good. I thank you. We will see you next time and uh, make sure you listen to our next episode of Education Lanes with your host, Targon Wade Jones. Have a fabulous rest of your day. Education, education, education. Your option.